Uh, my pleasure to introduce our first speaker, Oray B. Nice. Go ahead and get me out the way. How's it going, guys? Uh, good morning. Good morning. My name is Oray, and uh, I'm a compulsive reader. And uh, let me go ahead and show these pictures real quick. Um, let's see here. Can you guys see those pictures? Yep. So uh, my top weight uh, was 485 pounds. And I am uh, down uh, just over 250, 250 pounds now. I guess like 255, something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, there it is. Me and all my glory right there. Um, so... What is it like to be a man in program? You know, when I first came in a program, uh, or I'm sorry, I also, I have uh, next weekend, I'll be, or on the 14th, I'll be celebrating five years um, of recovery, um, which is, man, I never thought I would, I've never achieved five years. Um, when I came in a program at like 19, um, like I could count on one hand the number of men that were in program that I knew. And which was all right with me because at that time I was more comfortable with women than I was men. Um, yeah, like I was early in life, I was always more comfortable with talking to women about um, my emotions. And it was just easier. Um, especially, you know, it, being young in program, um, I had a lot of motherly figures, um, and that was comforting for me. I think I, I guess I needed that at that time. And, and like I said, there just, it just wasn't a lot of men at all. Um, and I was talking to a guy recently about that and, and he was, he's new to the program and he was just talking about how, how, how female dominated the program is. And, you know, it, it kind of felt like, a, you know, what are, you, what are you talking about? Back in my day, there were only like three guys, you know, that kind of had that feeling because now it's it, it's it's so many more men, even though like it's still a small percentage of men in program. It's so much better than it was before. Um, and now relationships with men in program are are absolutely critical. Um, not, not that I don't have sisters in program, but it's, it's healing for me to be, um, in, in constant communication with men. And there's a certain vulnerability or a certain healing that happens for me, um, when I can be vulnerable with another man about what's going on in my life. And, uh, a big part of my recovery lately, or not lately, but during this, this, this run of recovery has been this, uh, a men's group that we have, um, in LA, um, out in the San Fernando Valley, um, we're called the sober eating men's group. And it's just guys and it gets raw in these, in our, in a, in a matter of fact, uh, we're meeting at this time right now, but I'm here, but that's been fundamental to my recovery. And you would not believe the stories that I hear 
on a weekly basis in this group of men. And being in a group of men has taught me how to be a man of integrity. It's taught me how to be a man of recovery, a man in recovery. Um, and like I said, the, the, the things that are shared, you just don't have in the average conversations in life. You just don't. Like the, the rawness um, and the level of honesty and um, it's not a nice, nice situation, you know. It's like they're not trying to trying to love you to recovery. It's 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 very uh, it's very mannish in that group. Um, you know, when I was looking at the pictures, I was also thinking about what is what it is. You know, at four hundred eighty five pounds, um, Harlan G. He talks about how this disease emasculated him, and that was my experience too. Because at 485 pounds, um, you know, like, how can I explain it? Like, I didn't date. I wasn't even, I, I wasn't even eligible, right? Like, you know, I had to shut down a huge part of me. Um, just, just that part of me, you know, I just, and so now, like, I've lost a bunch of weight. And then I started dating in program for the first time. And that was about three years ago. And I'm just now learning what it means to. What does it mean to be a man? Like, you know, and exploring my. Uh, like exploring my sexuality, um, my masculinity, all that, like at 485 pounds, I didn't even have that opportunity. And. I don't know if this is the first time I'm actually having to articulate this. So I'm kind of working it through right now as, as, as I talk to you. Um, but it's just like a huge learning, a huge learning curve, you know, um, learning how to, you know, like, like I, I had this fear, I had this fear that I had, like I had a really up until, maybe four years ago uh, or up until four years into this recovery, you know, I had this huge fear of um, women being disappointed in me, um, women, women being angry with me. So, you know, I would be this, like, uh, I would have to be this, you know, lap dog to, to have women. Um, I thought I had to be this, I don't know. Um, how can I say it? Um, let's say it like this. I've had a, I've had this, I spent a lot of time trying to present myself in a way where women will accept me, where women will love me and to get their validation and approval because of just a deep self-loathing and low self-esteem. And I wasn't even aware of this until I got into this relationship and started doing work um, around sex and love um, and anorexia, um, sexual, social, emotional anorexia. 
And I started to tap into these issues of, I didn't know what it was to be authentically me. I had, I, I really did feel like I had to present myself the way they needed me to be. They meaning women needed to, the way they wanted me to be so I can, I could feel loved and appreciated and accepted. And I'm just now, and in, in many ways, they were my power. And I'm just now tapping into, oh no, that power, they aren't, like, they aren't my power. I can't, I can't, you know, like, that has to come from within me. So I'm just now stepping into, I feel like I'm just now stepping into what it means to be a man. What is Ori, like, what is God's vision of a man for Ori? Yeah, and it's, it's hard to admit that. It's hard to admit that I've allowed, you know, that I've allowed um, women to define me um, instead of that coming from God and within myself. I feel like I'm making no sense. I'm kind of going, in, like I said, I'm going into an area that I don't really talk about. Um, you know, something else that I deal with that's been, that's sometimes a struggle for me is when I go to, when I go to meetings, um, in in the meeting, like I'll be one of the only guys in the meeting. And I feel like it's my imperative to put like to bring some just to bring some male energy into the to the to the room because it's it's female dominated. Um, and not that it, and I, I still I, I know there I, I have this fear that. Um, that the 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 estrogen and the female energy is going to erode my masculinity <laughs> like i know it sounds crazy but i feel like i'm threatened by all the female energy and it's my imperative to bring some type of masculine energy to this group otherwise it will consume me and, and you know and and i don't want to go back to i don't want to i'm kind of vigilant in not wanting to go back to the to the guy where I could only talk to women and I was afraid of talking to men. I don't, you know, I don't have, uh, I, I guess, I, I guess that's an area where I need forgiveness. I need forgiveness of myself. Right. Because, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'm like kind of, I'm kind of critical of who I was. Right. You know, but if I look at myself with compassion, it's like, okay, that, that was the best that I could do at that time. So, I still have that, you know, I still, that still comes up for me where it's just like, I don't want to turn back into that soft, mushy thing um, that was just so dependent upon that feminine energy. Um, 
So yeah. Um, so just to talk about my recovery today, um, I work at a pretty high level. I have, um, I have about six sponsees in both programs, uh, spread out both programs. Um, what's interesting is I sponsor men and women. That's something that I, I thought that I would, you know, I've, I've been taught, oh, don't, don't sponsor women, don't sponsor women. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I've just been told that rule, not really, I mean, and I, got, I get it. Like, I'm not sponsoring women that I'm attracted to. Like, that's just ludicrous, right? Um, and I only sponsor women in certain, uh, with certain parameters, right? Like, I'm not just out here willy-nilly, you know, just taking anybody, right? That's just, I don't believe in that. But um, it's actually been, it's actually been uh, a great, a great lesson. Um, and it's, it, it's helped me achieve a certain level of emotional balance um, in learning how to, you know, because in the past, a, wom a woman's needs or have, has overwhelmed me or um, like a woman's dependence on me or whatever that is, like I, I kind of like had a hostile energy toward that. I, I, I didn't have a, I hadn't, I didn't have a great relationship with my mom. Um, so, so, you know, femininity, like I've had a hostile uh, reaction toward and sponsoring women has kind of helped right size that area um, and learn how to talk, especially in a, in, in a, you know, and actually have a platonic relationship. Um, and also see the similarities between men and women and how we perceive life, not just the differences. Like I, I like to see the differences has helped, but also to see the similarities. And, and it's so interesting, like with the men that I sponsor, like men have a hard time with, or at least from my observation, like we have a hard time with just taking direction. Like the, the guys that I sponsor, they come in and it's, it's just like, they just have a hard, I don't know if it's the male ego or what it, what it is, but it's a, it's hard. And it was hard for me as well, just to take direction, fall in line with the pack and take direction. That's one of, that's one of the biggest things that continues to just help me is just fall in line and take direction. And that, that ego to want to be the best and, in 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 and try to, um, try to establish my dominance and my position. Like it's not necessary. And I know with with women, I don't have to deal with that as much. Like they kind of just fall in line and they take direction. Um, but with men, it, it, and it's it's so interesting because we're. I also noticed we're so focused on being men. You know, it's hard. It's like I have to be more strategic in um, in learning in, in in helping that helping a man how to talk about his emotions candidly. Um, and I, so being, you know, knowing that I had those, I had those challenges too, you know, just the things that I'm able to share and throw out there just to give another male permission to share on that level, um, 
you know, has been, has been invaluable. Um, but, but, you know, once I see guys really open up and, and fall in line and take direction, that it's, it's a beautiful thing though. You know, the, like I, I used to think it was corny before, but having a brotherhood has given me, oh man, I, I just can't even describe the feeling of having a brotherhood and being a part of a pack. Um, and that's what I call it, just being a part of the pack and not not being not trying to be not trying to be the the alpha of the pack, nor trying to be the beta in the pack. Like ha- knowing what my position is is in the pack, and um, having my voice in that and knowing my position there, um, it's it's grounding for me. Um, and without that, I don't think I would have the recovery that I that I have. Like so. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, I think that's all I have right now. Um, yeah, like I said, this was, this was a new, a new type of share and just in focusing in on this, this, this area. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm still exploring. So, um, thank you for letting me talk and hopefully I said something that could help. Um, all right. Thank you, Ori. That was wonderful. And now we have my friend Lou B. Thank you, Dave. My name's Lou. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm uh, grateful for being able to be here today. And I'm appreciative of all the people that uh, donated time and effort to putting on the convention. I was able to uh, participate in the uh, meetings, a couple meetings, and it's just been amazing. And uh, the fellowship and acceptance and love uh, going on at this convention, specifically going to the uh, meditation meetings uh, early on Saturday morning and on today uh, with Ali. And then uh, there was another gal that uh, ran the uh, meditation meeting as well. Her name was Poonam. And uh, they shared their telephone numbers, which, you know, if you wanted to get more information, they're, they're offering that out. Um, so it was just uh, wonderful to be able to be reminded of that 11th step and that tool of meditation, especially before coming on here today. Uh, it was a nice grounding uh, opportunity and uh, getting in the right place. I also wanna thank uh, Dave B for inviting me to come and, and share. And uh, Ore, you're amazing. Thanks for your honesty and uh, authenticity. I, um, you know, I had the pleasure of co-chairing that men's retreat with you in the past. And uh, we just, you know, did our best. And it was just uh, an amazing growth experience. And, uh, you know, I'm going to remember that, that type of thing. You know, the, when we go on retreats as men, um, we get to uh, experience that, that bonding and that um, reinforcement that it's okay for us to have, uh, you know, food, issues with food, that it's not only 
a female uh, body image um, challenge that you know we have we have the same um, obsession with food uh, that the ladies do and um, the retreat are if if there's anyone out there uh, that hasn't been on them yet they're just uh, a wonderful opportunity to work on your program and work on yourself and the um, there's also a mixed retreat coming up um, in uh, in November, right after the men's retreat, and that's going to be on uh, November fifth through the seventh. So if the ladies uh, want to experience that uh, retreat, it's, it's called the Serenity Retreat, and it's at the same place where the men's retreat is held, which Gene put in the uh, chat room. That's going to be uh, coming up and then the serenity retreat November 5th to the 7th. So there's opportunity for everybody to experience that. Um, the, the speakers and the leaders are, are just, you know, you go, I go to those retreats and I've been in them for AA too. Uh, they're just, you always get something out of it. It's just like going to a meeting only it's like intense for the whole weekend. And you always come, come out with some new tricks and tools for, uh, remaining abstinent. And one of the ones that I got uh, on on one of the mixed retreats was, or maybe it was the, the men's retreat, I'm not sure, but it was the concept of taking the first three steps before every meal. And it was like, um, just like, if I'm mindful enough at the time of my meal, you know, and my meals are a little more planned today. It's not like, before when I would just be like on an eating frenzy um, whenever I wanted to. And um, so I'm sitting down for my meal and I just take a moment and I say, God, I'm powerless over food. It, may, it makes my life unmanageable. And I came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And I turn my food and my life over to God's care. And it's as simple as that. It only takes a moment. It's kind of like saying grace for you folks that are religious, uh, but it only takes a moment. And it's, you know, it's kind of non-denominational. It's just program. And uh, that helps me slow down because I'm crazy when it comes to food, especially if it's a food I enjoy. And this is a little embarrassing, but Sometimes, like I get so excited about my food, this is, and this reminds me that I'm a compulsive overeater. I will literally bite my tongue because I'm just, you know, munching like I'm just not, you know, getting into this, and I'm bleed, you know, I'll bleed. It bleeds actually, so I'm kind of, um, it's just one of those things. And maybe someone else has experienced that. I don't know, but. Um, we're all individuals in this program and our recovery is all in individual too, but we are inclusive. We want everybody to be included and no matter what, no matter who you are or where you are, sex, creed, denomination, re religious background, uh, whatever, um, gender, we, we are all inclusive and one of the things that Ali talked about in the morning meditation was loving kindness and that, you know, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which we model our program after, you know, doesn't really, he said, doesn't really use the word love, 
it, but it talks about all the steps and and sponsorship and everything goes along that line of you know being caring and compassionate and you know making amends and having forgiveness and all these things that we do in the steps are all about love and kindness and acceptance and tolerance and uh when i'm in my disease you know i don't think about any of that stuff i'm all, all only all i care about is myself and my food or my drug of choice so uh, we have a few ladies here in our in our uh, meeting this morning and that just the uh, thing that Ori pointed out about when he came in how there was not hardly any men and i know that dave has been around uh even longer and he talks about that sometimes when he shares how and and even though i've only been um abstinent for three years now uh as of june 10th um this time around and two years before that uh i was in uh around 2010 i came in for uh, 2012 there i came in for a couple years and then went back out and found that um my disease was still with me even though i you know, gave up sugar for a while and lost uh, quite a bit of weight. Uh, I went back out, I did some research, and I can tell you that, you know, we need to keep coming back <laughs> to meetings and not, you know, grow wings and fly out of the program after we wor work through the 12 steps one time or two times or even three times. So, um, even though I haven't been around that long, I uh, I can still see the uh, how the, there's not the, as many men as there are women, and I go to a lot of meetings uh, uh, when before COVID and even during COVID, and frequently I'm you know I can be like uh, one of the only men in the group, and um, so our ladies that are here today they can kind of experience what it's like for us a little bit here today because we're mostly men, it's mostly males that are in here, and. Um, and they're like in the minority, they're like in the, there's a third of them, maybe it looks like there's about four ladies here and welcome. We're glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Um, but that's kind of how it is, uh, in, you know, to be in the minority, um, which um, is what it's like. And so I go to this men's meeting on Sunday morning. It was kind of the cornerstone of my recovery this time in OA. And I got to meet guys like Gene and Don and uh, dozens, uh, Dave and dozens of others <clears throat> um, that, uh, and a lot of them are, are, you know, since Zoom came on, a lot of them didn't, didn't keep coming, coming back. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, hopefully they're going to come back now that we're back in face-to-face um, -face meeting there, or like a hybrid meeting, but um, that men's meeting, taught me, you know, a lot about, about recovery for men and, and uh, how they can be, you know, caring and understanding and tolerant and loving, uh, but still masculine. And, but we joke around a lot, you know, and, uh, and kid each other and, and uh, we're not a glum lot. So uh, it's, for me, it hasn't been that bad. I, you know, I work in a 
predominantly female dominated uh, field. Uh, I, I worked 25 years in real estate, which was, which is mostly ladies residential. And then I switched to uh, counseling and, and uh, human services. Uh, and um, that's mostly female therapy, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm kind of used to that. And um, there are certain personality types that get under my skin, but you know, that's an inside job on me. When I don't get along with someone, this is what they teach me in the rooms and through the steps is that it's because of something that's wrong with me. It's not what's wrong with that person. Something about that person bugs me. Uh, you know, maybe it's characteristics that I share with them um, that cause me pain or irritation. So I have to work on that. You know, when I when I bump into somebody, male or female, that that I that I find a, a difficulty connecting with or being with near. You know, I can either, you know, stay away from them, but which is sometimes not an option, like if it's your boss or something, uh, or I have to look at them and I have to, you know, find the, the loving and the kindness inside there and, and that spirit of uh, higher power, which is, I believe, is in all of us and kind of focus on that and recognize that it's me, that the problem is me. It's between my the six inches between my ears uh, that. Um, and then, you know, work on this, on the steps on it and maybe write about it or talk to somebody about it and pray about it. And then, um, you know, especially for the people that I have resentments against or that I'm angry at or fearful of, you know, that's part of my routine for my spiritual recovery is to pray for them uh, in the morning. You know, I, I pray that, uh, that they find goodness and love and tolerance and patience and abundance and everything that I would seek for myself and my loved ones. And um, that's part of my, my program that I, that I work. And um, so my weight has gotten, um, I've let go of about 40 or um, 40 or so pounds and in my whole adult life, uh, 38 years in recovery and Alcoholics Anonymous, slowly I, when I came into AA, it was okay like to smoke cigarettes by the carton, drink gallons of coffee and go out to friendlies and have, you know, whatever dessert after a meeting and, and buffets. And I mean, we just uh, went crazy and that caught up with me after a while. And, uh, that's when I was introduced to, to OA at like 243, I was knocking on the 250 pounds, but I have a tall frame. I'm six foot two, but, uh, my, that whole time, that whole adult life, I was always, uh, you know, in the BMI index of, of obesity. And I just couldn't get even if I exercised and dieted and went on the Atkins program or whatever it was, I could never get down to normal body weight. And part of that, I believe, is genetic. I got, you know, I grew up in an alcoholic uh, family and um, my siblings, I'm the youngest of five siblings, and they're all suffer from obesity, um, addiction or mental illness. And so 
um, there's that genetic predisposition and that's not an excuse. It's just a, you know, kind of a statement of science or fact. And it's my choice. It's my individual choice as to whether I want to, you know, continue to go down that path and let that take over my life or whether I want to make a change and come to the program and continue to come to the program and make um, permanent lifestyle changes in my life that allow me to be at a normal body weight and a healthy uh, body. And that's what OA has, has given me. And the men in this program have, um, you know, included me and, and shared with me and allowed me to um, do that one day at a time. And uh, the steps and the literature, which is amazing. And I talked a little bit about mindful eating. I shared a bit about my family. They, um, I have an older brother that's been obese all his life. And he got uh, prostate cancer at one point, And he was so big that uh, he could not fit in the machine that, to treat his cancer. Uh, he's still alive and, you know, he's doing okay and everything. But, you know, it's just a lifelong struggle for him. And I have a... Um, two sisters young, um, older than me, but the youngest sisters in the family and both of those passed away. One direct result of this disease and one indirect result of the disease. And so it's serious. This, pro this disease is serious and uh, it's life-threatening. And so uh, as part of you know, my story, I'm now down to uh, one, 183 pounds, which is my goal weight. And I finally got to that body mass index of, uh, you know, normal range. And there's no way I could have done that without, without the fellowship and, and you, uh, my men's group. And And that's a miracle because, you know, it just couldn't, couldn't happen. I tried every other way before and um, I was able to, you know, do the yo-yo thing up and down, but uh, never able to maintain healthy, normal body weight till now. And what I, with me, I was a nighttime eater. I would come home from work, eat dinner, and then just keep on eating for the rest of the rest of the night until I put myself into a food coma and I go to sleep. And, uh, and today, you know, part of, part of what my meal plan is and everybody's different. Everybody has their own interpretation of what abstinence is for them. And that's okay. That's, you know, that's, beautiful that's the beautiful part of the, about the program and same thing for the spirituality we choose our own faith our own higher power our own interpretation of that and um mine is that i don't eat after my third meal of the day after dinner and at first i mean that was inconceivable impossible Two minutes Thank you, Kevin, for the reminder. I'll 
I'll start to wrap up. I think I touched on pretty much everything um, that I wanted to say, except for the, the main theme that I, I was going to make up my talk about was uh, trauma, because I feel that trauma uh, plays a big role in our um, addiction and our disease. And uh, recognizing that it, uh, as a factor, as part of our recovery and, and what we deal with in working the steps is, is uh, overcoming that trauma that we all experience, some of us um, more than others. You know, two, two guys can go off to combat and one comes back, you know, totally uh, with PTSD and all messed up and the other guy, it manages to cope somehow. And so it's the same with life. You know, we all experience our traumas in different ways. And I know uh, growing up in an alcoholic household, I had some traumas back then. And then I experienced trauma when my uh, father died at a very young age. And I experienced the trauma when my mom died, even though I was a young adult. And uh, I've had uh, several other traumas and, and I need to recognize that. And I think we all need to be trauma informed, you know, especially in um, working with others, you know, and um, sponsorship uh, that, that we all have traumas that um, are unique to us and that we need to uh, work through in our recovery and to be mindful of. And I think prayer and meditation is one you know, great way to process those, but I'm also not against uh, outside help, which I think that we all um, should take advantage of as we move forward in recovery. And with that, uh, thank time. you and have a wonderful convention over and out. Thank you so much, Lou. And now we have my friend Gene is going to share with us what it's like to be a man in recovery. Good morning, everyone. Um, thanks for including me in this, and thanks to everyone. A lot of hard work uh, went into organizing this. I see we have a, a buddy, Jerry, here. Uh, he was, I'm sure, stressed with a lot of work with this uh, convention. It was a lot to do first virtual one, so I'm glad he stepped up and uh, did, did a great job. Thank you, Jerry J. Um, with that, uh, you know, um, gene compulsive overeater, uh, if my higher power uh, helps me one day at a time, next uh, month will be eight years in recovery and eight years of abstinence and not eating compulsively imperfectly you know I have had uh, bigger meals and wondered like why did I just uh, eat more than I need to but you know it wasn't uh, necessarily compulsive uh, binging I used to eat six meals a day and everything in between and uh, you know that kept me miserable and being a dick and being self-centered and justifying doing a bad stuff that I felt bad about uh, later um, and not liking myself, which is what probably kept me eating all the time. Not to mention uh, not being able to uh, connect any kind of real feelings uh, or being honest about my feelings about anything because men in my life that I grew up with never expressed anything like that. So it's not something I learned. I learned to justify what I was doing and I learned in these rooms that I was basically a liar and a cheat and a thief. 
you know, um, just um, doing what I need to do to get by, uh, operating out of four things as an addict I learned, which is fear, greed, uh, self-pity, and ego. Those four things drove me when I was uh, in my disease, and those four things still drive me when I'm irritable and discontent. So, um, and when I'm not connecting with my higher power and not expressing that loving kindness that I have learned and that our men in these rooms have shown me. Women also, but uh, it was a shock to my system when men showed me that loving kindness, um, that honest loving kindness. And um, it was very attractive to me when I came into the program. The first week in a program, um, my, I'm very grateful that I was led to our Sunday, Sunday men's group. And I heard men talk about, honestly, about things I've never heard men talk about. It was very attractive to me because it was like another world opened up. I've never heard men talk like that before. You know, talk about, um, uh, you know, feeling less than, feel like talking vulnerably in front of uh, other men, talking about uh, inadequacies with sex and the way they're feeling about themselves and the way they're feeling about their relationships and the way they grew up feeling less than and uh, inadequacies uh, that they're feeling. I'm like, whoa, 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 where, where, what the fuck is this? Like no man in my life has ever talked like that. You know, uh, I'm used to driving to Las Vegas. I live in San Diego, driving to Las Vegas with uh, three guys in a, in a, a car. And then uh, once we're in Las Vegas and come back home, Afterwards, finding out one of us broke up with a girlfriend and the other one's uh, dad just died and everything else. Like, we just don't talk about this shit. You know, we just spent 12 hours together and no one brought up this stuff. It's like, you know, we just push it down as men and uh, we don't talk about these things. So, you know, um, and that's what was making me eat because I needed to get things out. I needed to talk to others. I needed help feeling human in order to deal. And the only help and the only friend I had that was always there was food. You know, food was my best friend. Food was my higher power. Uh, that's what I thought about. That's what I prayed about. That's what I wished for. It was always there. And, uh, you know, I always searched for those perfect, perfect meals. If I have this or that or the other, it will fix my feeling. And, of course, uh, that would just make me feel shittier. And... Um, justify not being my best, not being loving, not being kind, uh, and being self-centered. So, um, you know, eight years have been amazing. I've had a lot of loss. Um, I've had a lot of uh, very, you know, I've lost jobs. I've been laid off several times. And, in the, you know, my fear of financial insecurity uh, would have destroyed me times before. But in program, while I was laid off, I did a lot of service and I had the best time. You know, I was not fearful. I learned how to work with my higher power. I got a higher power now, and he takes damn good care of me. You know, um, just as long as I let go and do his uh, will or next indicated step, uh, things just work out. You know, I just got another job. It's the best job. I've, I've been unemployed for six months, um, and I just started this week. It's a very typical position. I picked it. I had to ask my higher power for two job offers at the same time in professional world. That's really hard to time. And I had that second time, you know, in, uh, OA, 
So what it means to me is uh, I learned to work with my higher power. I learned to ask for guidance and accept things. And uh, like better and better things come my way. You know, my unemployment ran out last week. And last week, uh, and this week, I started my new job. It's like, you know, I have to let go. I just have to do what's next indicated step. And that's typically action. Action I don't want to take. I'm fucking lazy. I want to lay on a couch. I want to, you know, play on the internet, jerk off, watch TV, and play with my dogs. That's uh, really what I want to do. And eat compulsively. That's what I want to do uh, in my core. And uh, that's not what's going to keep me happy. That, you know, I tried that for decades and I was miserable, miserable. And, uh, and I had everything to be uh, totally happy and I was miserable, you know, a loving wife and a house and toys and cars and good career. And I hated all of it because uh, I was just, I didn't like myself. I had a black hole in me, I tried to fill with uh, food. So that brings me, that's kind of like my background. And before I started thriving in this program, because I started talking to guys and they gave me guidance um, and it's not guidance they gave me, they gave me their experience. You know, when I would say, oh, I want to get this job and I want to do this and I want to do that. They said, well, you know, I did that once and here's how it worked out. That's the part that I hear that rings with me when they share their experience. And uh, I don't want to hear you telling me what to do. I'm too self-centered and my ego is through the roof. You know, uh, I'm going to figure out I'm smarter than you. That's my first thought. I'm smarter than you, I'll figure it out because that's the way I want to do it. Well, that's not the way my higher power wants me to do it. You know, that's not loving kindness. That's not letting go. That's not being part of a group or going along with the program. Um, so that's stuff I learned from you guys, you know, guys right here, uh, you know, my sponsor and Dave and Lou, uh, you know, all of you guys uh, and Jerry, like sharing your experience with me and saying, I did that and here's how it worked out. Oh, shit, I don't want to do that. So um, that's really been helpful. So to be a man in a way, and let's focus on our topic today. I wrote this down. First off, um, honest. First thing it means to me is being honest with men, with myself, and showing vulnerability uh, when that's the way I'm feeling, you know, um, showing vulnerability uh, and being honest about what I'm feeling. It's something I learned here by examples other men shown me in these rooms you know um and i thought that showing my honest self and being vulnerable will make me seem weak or um burden others with that kind of sharing and i found out that's what brings me closer to people that's what makes them open up and be honest with me i didn't know that's the way it works my parents never did show me that my grandparents never showed me that just a different culture it's not that they were evil or keeping a secret from me. It's just different culture. Next is friendships. You know, in this program, I have great friendships uh, with guys right here all over the United States. You know, I can probably call uh, several guys on this uh, call right here and probably three others right now and say, hey, can you come over today and help me uh, paint my house or move or, you know, whatever I need help with? And guess what? I know a couple of them will show up. I mean, that's real friendships, you know, um, and can you come over here so I can cry on your shoulder? They'll probably show up too. So I haven't done that yet. Um, you know, also it makes me feel human. You know, I just didn't feel like I was part of this race before Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, I'm a type two diabetic. 
uh, and this program and my abstinence of three meals and a couple of snacks have been able to control my blood sugar over the years. It's gotten out of range a couple of times, it's out of range right now, but I've made significant changes. Uh, so it's not perfect. We just continuously work on it. I just got to work on it today, just one day at a time. Today, what am I going to do today? What's my next meal that's abstinent? What do I need to do today? I don't have to worry about yesterday. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Just right now, today, that's all I got control over. And um, I feel human now. I feel accepted. And I have a lot of love from men, which I never had before. You know, uh, even now, like I'll call my dad who lives two miles away and I only hear from him if I call him pretty much. I'm like, dad, um, how come you don't call me? I want to hear from you. You know, just even if you just call and say, hey, what's up? You know, like if I don't call you, you don't call me. He says, well, I don't call you because I know eventually you'll call me if something is wrong. So, you know, like something has to be wrong for me to call my father. And I'm like, don't you love me? Like, I, I love calling you. I'm just talking to you. You know, obviously I had to do some work. And by the way, I, I uh, attended Al-Anon for a year and worked the steps in there to learn to love my family who are all compulsive overeaters and all nutty people like me. Uh, I went to Al-Anon and I learned uh, to love them um, um, basically without uh, compromising how I feel, you know? Um, and so I love them now and their show is their show. I don't, it doesn't affect me like it used to. So, you know, I, this love from men and this love from my dad, he loves me, he'll do anything for me, but he doesn't know, nor does he see any value in reaching out to me. You know, and before I used to think he's just a narcissist that just self-centered and all that. Well, that's what basically I am when I'm not doing 12 steps, you know, I'm just like him. And that hurts me. You know, if you spotted, you got it. You guys taught me that. If you spotted, you got it. Well, I spot it all the time, which tells me those are my defects I have to work on. That's me. That's not them. What they do is nothing to do with me. I got to pay attention to what I do today, just today. So, you know, feeling human, friendships, honesty, vulnerability, feeling accepted, love from men, that's what it means to me to be in a way, you know, uh, so I can thrive and I can be honest with myself about things that are going on. Honesty is not something I was ever taught value of until I started experiencing it in these rooms and started thriving and, you know, thriving when I'm having a horrible day. I mean, what a concept, you know, my sponsor told me, uh, you know, enjoy your day unless you have other plans. I used to have other plans to not enjoy my day. You know, I used to, oh shit, I got to go visit my mom and that's going to be a pain in the ass. So I got to go help this guy and I don't want to fucking help him, but I guess he helped me. I have to help him, you know, or I got to go to work, you know, like I wasn't grateful for anything. Everything was a pain in the ass because, I, you know, that didn't include eating my binging and uh, watching TV and all those extracurricular activities I described. And these, uh, you know, we have a men's retreat coming up. That's where I got even closer with guys. On Halloween here in Oceanside, we're gonna have an in-person retreat. And we have guys come from all over the country and even Canada. And uh, it's a great place to be, you know, these kinds of conversations we're having and building these friendships that make me feel human and make me realize I'm just another bozo on the bus, which is what a great place to be. Just another bozo on the bus. You know, and by the way, these friendships I'm talking about and the sponsorships, I'm sponsoring uh, five or six guys right now, uh, the sponsorships with men that I have nothing in common. I would have never met them, different political groups, 
different religions, different age groups, um, uh, different cultures, different backgrounds. Wow, it's made my life so rich. You know, to have these men I have nothing in common with and we become good friends because we're being honest with each other. So, uh, you know, like my life has gotten so rich. I feel so much more accepted. I love myself now. I love myself now. Even on the days when I'm doing things I'm not proud of and I'm, you know, I've learned how to be gentle with myself. Being gentle with yourself is not something men have ever been taught. So I'm so grateful for that. And when I first uh, signed on to this uh, uh, retreat, by the way, and I opened up and the first speaker that was speaking yesterday, she said in 12 steps, when I'm doing 12 uh, steps, then I'm able to do three things. And um, the, 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 the three things that basically keep me happy are to recognize my behavior, that's the first one, to recognize what's going on honestly to accept it that's the acceptance which of course is the best prayer, prayer i've ever heard recognize accept and then turn to action i'm like that's what i'm able to do now i'm able to recognize when others or myself are doing something that's not cool i'm able to accept it for what it is it's their shit or it's my shit and i need to work on myself and I'm able to turn to action, which means either service or calling my sponsor or just focusing on my food plan today or going to work or emptying the dishwasher, picking up dog shit. You know, like, I don't care what it is, but this lady said, recognize, accept and turn to action. I realized that's what a gift, accept things for what they are, not for what I want them to be so I can do whatever I want to do and justify my behavior. Like, this is what it is. So with that, like, that's the whole thing for me. I see it's 9.57. We're going to wrap up our, our group probably. You know, again, to be men in a way for me is honesty and vulnerability, friendships with diverse group of men, feeling human and accepted and enjoying this great loving kindness with other men. It's such a, a, a wonderful thing. You know, it's made my marriage better. It's made my work ethics better. It's made my... Um, relationships better with my family. Like I owe this program everything. You know, I have two terminal diseases. I'm a compulsive overeater and I have diabetes and they work really well together to destroy my life. And I have to do this one day at a time. So today, all I need to worry about is my next meal has to be abstinent. That's it, no snacks, no nothing in between. Next meal has to be abstinent. If I can do that, the rest will fall into place. And with that, I'm Gene, I'm composer of a and it's great to be a part of this today. Thank you.